0: what is up guys welcome into a special edition of from the box office episode four Vince Libiondo here with Mike Johnston
1: how are we doing guys
0: today is a special one because finally we are doing our top 10 films of 2022 and we are also going to do our own version of the Oscars Golden Globes Critics Choice all that we're going to do the from the box office awards yes sir and we're gonna talk some news. I know, uh, Mike, you're our newsman in these around these parts. So hit me with some hit me with some topics before we get into the from the box office awards.
1: Yeah, bro. So this past Tuesday morning,
0: uh, Oscar the Academy
1: they released their Oscar nominations for yes uh, this year. Uh, some some of the most nominated. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once, copped eleven noms. All Quiet on the Western Front got nine. Yeah, Angelina Sheeran tied. Uh, All Quiet with 9. Elvis got 8. Fableman 7. And Top Gun Maverick rounding out that top 6 with 6 of their own.
0: Elvis uh, getting a nomination for editing feels like gaslighting. Yeah, there's, there's no way that's for real.
1: I'd say Best Picture as well, but...
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, uh, Triangle yeah. of Sadness was also an interesting nomination. I feel yeah. like that was just... Just what I I liked the movie. I just thought they would go in the direction of like the whale or something else.
1: Yeah, I think that was just their way of throwing like in, like one of those dark comedies about classism and all, trying yeah. to be a little. It was a
0: good movie, but I probably yeah. wouldn't have nominated for for best picture. Personally, um, I wasn't a fan, but I can see how some would like it. I'm trying to think of any other snubs. I thought, ah, uh, oh, I have one: the Batman not being nominated for score. I thought is yeah. interesting. Yeah,
1: Michael Giacchino killed that shit.
0: Yeah. um, That's about... You know, this is more of a general question with the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And just the awards. Uh, It seems like Jamie Lee Curtis, I think we talked about this before, is getting more hype than uh, Stephanie Sue for supporting actress. And, like, I don't don't get why. Not to say Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't fine, but she didn't play a very big role in the movie.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's more of, like, a legacy thing. Like, it's her first nomination. She's been... Uh, serving for what, like forty years, probably. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely can see that. I just, years? I just always thought it was weird because Stephanie Sue gave such a great performance. Yeah, she killed it. Uh, let's. The see. Oscars are on my birthday this year, so I'm excited to tune in. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, the Academy CEO did say that the 95th Academy Awards are the highest voter turnout in history. It's kind of crazy. Interesting. I wonder Big why. Movies. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, let's see. We got some more news in the oscars uh judd hirsch got the nom for the fablemans over paul dano for supporting actor yeah which is interesting
0: strange. the the part that makes no sense to me is uh judd hirsch his five minutes of screen time was the best yeah. acting in the whole movie but it was five minutes
1: yeah so, so like,
0: how, yeah.
1: how much is he really supporting you know
0: like i, remember I mean i guess when-
1: it's a pretty important scene
0: I remember people had said Mahershala Ali was not in Moonlight enough for supporting yeah. a, nom- a supporting actor win, and he was in the movie for about a half hour.
1: Yeah, he was the f- entire first act.
0: Yeah, so I – yeah, I don't know. I mean I, he was great, and uh, let's be real. We all know he's not going to win it, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, Paul oh, Downey yeah. probably deserved that nomina- nomination over Judd Hirsch.
1: Yeah. Uh, notably, Nope had zero, no- zero nominations.
0: That for what?
1: Nope. Zero nominations.
0: Oh, yes. Nope. Uh, nope not being nominated for sound is crazy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. 16 out of the 20 acting slots are first time nominations, including every best actor nomination.
0: That's really interesting, especially like when you think about like Colin Farrell being in there. Yeah. Never nominated before. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, cool. Cool to see new blood. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Yeoh,
1: first Asian actress to be nominated for best actress. And there is the most Asian representation. Asian representation all time between uh, Yo, Kiwi Kwan, Stephanie Shu, and uh, Hong Chao from her interesting poem, the whale. Interesting. And of course the GOAT, John Williams breaks his own record. Uh, this is his fifty third nomination after his score for the Fablemans.
0: Yeah, I mean and he he could win it.
1: Yeah, that's uh let's see. And in the international category, uh, RRR, was uh, India didn't um, yes nominate them for the film for some reason.
0: That is crazy.
1: Yeah, that's, that's one of my crazy. best movies. That's one of my favorite movies of the year. And for some reason, India nominated a different movie. They might have they uh, went with a more popular like Bollywood movie instead of Tollywood. No, Hindus, their main language. Maybe that was I, their...
0: I mean, they would have had a chance mission. to win the thing if RRR was participating.
1: But mm-hmm.
0: with them not in there, it's pretty easily going to go to All Quiet on the Western Front, I believe. Yeah, I think that's probably the favorite.
1: And then... One of my other favorites, Decision to Leave, just absolutely
0: yeah, snubbed. Snubbed. I, it, Decision to Leave is one I still have to see, but I know that just looking at what I've heard people say and other so award shows, right like I'm surprised it wasn't nominated. Yeah, that, that bugged me a little bit.
1: Uh, so we're not going to waste too much time on the Oscars because we have our own coming up, yep. but there is a, a little bit more news uh, on the nerdy side of things. Uh, we're, a little, we're a little nerdy ourselves. Just a little uh, bit. Yeah. HBO Max uh, announced that DC's Titans and Doom Patrol are confirmed to end after their current seasons. I believe they're both in uh, season four. Never seen them. Yeah. I'm a fan of Titans. I haven't gone to Doom Patrol yet, but it does have our, our baby boy Brendan Fraser as a lead role in that. Uh, Titans is, you know, growing up with Teen Titans animated series. Uh, it's nice yeah. to see it on live action format. A Live action Nightwing, Robin, all that. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh. In- Invincible season two on Prime Video, uh, they announced uh, through a couple teasers that it's going to release in late twenty twenty three. No specific release date, but we know it's coming.
0: I am very fired up for that. That is probably the best or second best current running superhero show, you know, with mm-hmm. the boys. And uh, yeah, dude, season one of that show was absolutely incredible. Finale was incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. I could not be more excited to see where this goes.
1: Yeah, Prime Video has it going on with. Yeah, speaking uh, of non. I don't- Yeah. Like major comics between DC and Marvel.
0: Absolutely. If you're going to, I don't know if this was on your list, so I hope it wasn't. So I'm not undermining you, but succession also had their trailer come out today,
1: which which I did not put that down. That
0: does look like it's going to be awesome. I love succession. I think it's probably the best current running show on TV at the moment. And, uh, I'm ready for, you know, another masterclass of a season where everyone is nominated for nominate. Everyone is nominated for awards in the show. Yeah. That's just how it goes in succession because it's so good.
1: For sure. Uh, Sandman season two was my uh, number six show of 2022. Uh, they're slated to begin uh, filming this summer.
0: Well, that's yeah. awesome. I I, yeah, I still have right. to check it out, but yeah, I know that uh, p- most people that like comic books love it, so I'll so, get there. Right.
1: Then uh. Announced today, Percy Jackson has found their Zeus and Poseidon. They're going with uh, Lance Reddick. You'll know him from, he was like the hotel manager in John Wick. and then Or The Toby. Wire. And The Wire, correct. And then Toby Stevens, uh, known for his role in as Captain Flint in Black Sails, not Black Flag, that's Assassin's Creed. Uh, mm-hmm. He will uh, take over the role as Poseidon.
0: Uh, yeah, Reddick as Zeus will be very interesting. I, he's a I like him. He's a good actor.
1: Yeah, he's got that nice like stoic
0: vibe. I think he can he can handle Zeus. Hey man, I'm like, excited for an like, asshole. The, yeah, I'm excited for the Percy Jackson stuff.
1: Yeah, it's my favorite book series growing up, so I'm all
0: the way in for whatever Disney pulls take out. Take a that. take a little nostalgia trip.
1: Yeah, it can't be worse than the Logan Lerman uh, <laughs> two movies that they bailed on. Yeah, no, it can't be. All right. You want to get in some last of us thoughts?
0: Yeah, dude. Give me thoughts uh, so on episode, two. episode two, I thought uh, pretty much did a great job of following up the first episode. I obviously thought the second episode was great. I'm really a fan of what they've done so far with uh, the first little section of each episode being like mm-hmm. a, a flashback opens. or yeah, like a preamble to the uh, pandemic in this show uh, this year, this year, sorry, this episode, they uh, went to Jakarta, oh, the country yeah. that was mentioned mm-hmm. Uh, over the radio Definitely in Joel's pilot. house. And, uh, what was that? Jakarta, I think. Oh, yes. I think. Yeah, uh, they went there and they followed a woman who was, like, a doctor of some kind, a professor. Like an
1: epidemiologist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: And, uh, they took her to a lab and it was a very cool, funny, funny scene where, uh, you know, he's, she, he's, like, cordyceps is in the sky. And she's like, uh, oh, that is impossible. And he just looks at her like, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. And then, you know, she goes into the room and, pulls the fungi out of the man's throat and that was disgusting uh but then it's like you know he's like well what do we do and she's like yeah you have to bomb the city like kill everyone because this is gonna be the downfall of the world
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh i thought that was very like powerful just hearing her just say like bomb yeah bomb the city like let me go home with my family because like you guys need to blow this shit up
1: it's a bit of a foreshadowing to the final scene where tess blows up uh, the the capital yeah. or the boston state state capitol building or yeah.
0: The rest of the episode was uh really good. I mean, I like I've loved Bella Ramsey's Ellie. I thought she was again the highlight of this episode just her her, her and uh, Pedro Pascal have great chemistry already, which is awesome to see, but you know, making little snarky comments back and forth at each other. So I love to see uh that relationship expanded on uh the clickers, dude. Sure. Oh my god, they did a great job at the clickers, man. Mm-hmm. They nailed that like when you're playing the game and you hear that that sound they make which it's, terif- it's so terrifying it's so terrifying dude it's uh, yeah they're they're very uh, intimidating i thought they did a fantastic job uh, at their like introduction scene and then uh tess's death obviously uh, i knew it was coming but they yeah. did change it up a little bit uh in the game she's killed by other people instead of uh the the runners that come and she blows herself up, but I, I actually kind of liked the change. I feel like in the game it might've been a little too much going on. So I like that. Uh, they made I thought the change was fine. I, I did think it was weird when, you know, the runner, the infected came up to her and like, basically like started making out with her. Yeah. It was a little weird. I think it was because was apparently camp. like they don't fight. They, if you don't fight back, they just like infect you like, and they don't rip you apart. I don't know. I, that's what I read somewhere. I guess, I guess I don't really know if that's 100% confirmed or not but mm. that's an interesting way to look at it. Oh, and also I think the biggest change they made in this episode from the games was the hive mind. In the games yeah. that is not an established thing where in this episode they mention you know, like there's uh fungi like growing under the mm. ground and it kind of like connects like miles apart. Like step on a f- piece of fungi over here and all the infected over there know where you are that is interesting and thank god that wasn't in the game because it would have been fucking impossible
1: yeah they kind of took that from like stranger things a little bit uh upside down i think
0: yeah i actually yeah i I really liked it um i I think they've done such a good job at following strictly what should be followed and Mm -hmm. taking small liberties like here and there and every single small liberty they've taken has been like uh, a very very good decision and i've loved Every second of this show so far.
1: Yeah, I'm all the way in. I thought it was funny, uh when they got out of the museum that was like one one for one from the game. Mm-hmm. and Then uh I remember they got out the window on that top floor and they applied like one of the med kits. I saw Joel had the the duct tape you yep. drafted on Tessa's ankle. I made me laugh out
0: loud. I, yeah, bit. I like little uh Easter eggs like that. Yeah, just a little throwback to the game, I thought. They've done a great job also with sets, like the whole like, you know, City that's been abandoned Mm -hmm. and falling apart, like it looks amazing.
1: Yeah, they showed that same leaning, like skyscraper that was in the game. The same, they had like that same viewpoint at the top of the building. Yeah,
0: Ellie makes it a point to be like, Wow, that's a great view! Like that stuff. Yeah, they've done a great job. And uh, this the scene where Tess, before you know, when she tells them that she's infected before her death. Um, I thought Pedro Pascal did a great job of just acting with emotion and like, mm-hmm. like a facial emotion, and not yeah, really, a really saying much. Really good face actor. Because even in the even in the game, uh, the the scene is kind of similar. I mean, Joel does like say goodbye, like literally in the game, whereas in this, he like gives her that look, and it, it, I thought Pedro Pascal nailed it. And he didn't need to use his words in that because he he's a great face actor. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so I listen. Uh, Tess, good character, you know. She wasn't in much of the game, so like you, I wasn't going attached to her here because I knew it was coming. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I'm excited to just get ready to get like one-on-one time, Ellie and Joel, and really start yeah. building that relationship even more, because you know that's what happens in the game.
1: For sure. Yeah, I can't wait to keep playing the game as well. Uh, I don't think I got to where this episode uh left off with Tess uh blowing up. I'll probably try to play through that sometime yeah. over the weekend before episode three on Sunday night.
0: Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're not watching the last of us, yeah, uh, yep. if you're, yeah, I mean, just watch it. Even if you're not like that into like all the zombies stuff, just give it a shot. Yeah. It's an next great HBO show. Absolutely. All right.
1: Top 10 of 2022 films.
0: This has been, this has been long awaited and I have been, uh, going back and forth in my head, making sure, sure. I get the right one. I have four movies tied for my last spot. At a
1: 9.1 out of 10.
0: Um do you Honestly,
1: also I picked one for my top 10 obviously. Right. But...
0: I was going to say we should just have uh have this top 10 list lead into our winner of best picture. We just give the number 1 movie of 2022 the best picture. If that makes okay. sense to you.
1: Yeah, we can do that.
0: I I, I cuz it lines up that like way for me. I don't know if it does for you. It does. Okay, then yeah, then that's a perfect way to just move right in. Do you want to give some honorable mentions before?
1: Yeah, so for me, uh, just outside of my top 10, uh, so I chose my number 10. The three movies that were tied for that same score were After Sun, The Whale, and Nope. Um, I had Cha-Cha Real Smooth up high. Uh, Glass Onion was banging on the door. The Menu was one of my personal favorites of the year. Um, I have to give an honorable mention to animated movie, Puss in Boots. I watched that yesterday. Incredible. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, let's throw some Marvel love in there. Doctor Strange and Black Panther are both very good this year, yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah, they both, they were both in my top 20.
0: I took down just three, uh, honorable mentions. I just wanted to give like three, cause we'll talk more about like, you know, movies we loved later on, uh, yeah. we're doing a category, you know, personal favorites, which is basically just going to be a category of the movies that maybe aren't getting the award love or just mm-hmm. like the mainstream love that we just want to give a shout out to um so my three honorable mentions were the whale Mm after sun and avatar the way of water okay those are my three honorable mentions they listen the whale was so the whale was the one i was going back and forth with my number 10 on putting it on there but it it fell just short
1: yeah it was close i mean carried by a great performance but overall i think the others kind of had like more more of like an exciting plot kind of grips you in where The Whale just, it relies so heavily on Fraser. Yeah, I agree. It's really all it
0: is. All right, so let's do it then. Number 10 of the year. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You got it. Give me your number 10. My number 10 movie of the year is The Fablemans. Fablemans. So I went back and forth between this and The Whale. I loved both of them so much. But yeah, The Fablemans, man, I thought, uh, the acting was great. Uh, Michelle Williams. I, I'm kind of surprised she's gotten the award love she's gotten. Cause I thought her performance was just a little like over the top goofy, but like everything else I thought was great. Paul Dano was great. Judd Hirsch for his five minutes was Oscar nomination worthy. Uh, I forget the exact act. Let me look up the actor's name real quick. You have, uh, Gabriel LaBelle as Ooh, Sammy from, perfect. yeah, he was great for most of the movie. And then you even have the kid, uh, He's got a very long name, Mateo Zoran Francis DeFord. Wow, what a name! He plays
1: child actor.
0: Yeah, the child actor for okay. Sammy. So I don't. Yeah, I loved it, man. It was it was greatly scored, greatly shot. Mm. Uh, it had a lot of heart, as like you know, a movie about a kid whose family is kind of falling apart, and he loves movies, so he turns that as like a way to escape from his reality. Mm. If you love movies or you love filmmaking, then you will absolutely love this movie. Uh, like even more so because I think anyone can enjoy it. It's just a heartwarming story. So yeah, mm-hmm. man, the Fablemans was really good. I really liked it. It deserves all the hype it's getting at these awards. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll see what it takes home in the in the other in the Oscars. So uh, yeah, number ten, the Fablemans. Yeah, I have that
1: up on my list a little higher up, but yeah, a lot of people called it their big complaint was they thought it was like pretentious. But in my eyes, I thought Spielberg was actually really sincere with it.
0: Yeah, it's, when you consider like, that it's about his life.
1: Yeah. So, so a lot of people thought it was like Oscar bait, but I mean, it's I think it's generally genuinely worthy of an Oscar.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes Oscar bait can be really good anyway. So yeah. if it is Oscar bait, it's good Oscar bait.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, my number 10, uh, previously mentioned as a snub for foreign film, I went uh, RRR. Yes. Uh, it's just the epitome of a dude's rock movie. Fuck um, yeah. Just two, literally just two dudes just fucking up the British Empire. Um, it has comedy, has the musical elements Dude, of it has Hollywood, it's action, it's it's like that fantastical action where it's like, this doesn't even make sense, but I'm all the way in, yep. you know, wrestling a tiger and uh, catching a motorcycle out of midair.
0: This movie was, was by far the most fun three hours I've had watching yeah. a movie, like, the whole year.
1: It was three hours, but it felt like a normal two-hour movie. It Absolutely. was so fun.
0: Yes, I-, I noted that, too, on my review. Like, It did not feel as long as it was. It was fun as fuck.
1: Yeah, music music was awesome. This is my first experience with a Bollywood-Tollywood movie. Um
0: Same.
1: I do wish Netflix had the original language, uh, Telugu, I think it is. It's right, a, I, yeah. That, that's what makes it a Tollywood instead of Bollywood. Bollywood's in the native Hindi or Punjabi uh, dialect of the Indian language. But overall... It was fun. It's my number 10. I uh, just beat out After Sun, The Whale, and Nope for my number 10 spot.
0: That's a that's a hard race right there. All right, so uh, my number nine, we talked about it recently, I think last episode, and that is in Argentina, 1985. Okay. Uh, I'll expand. I'll just kind of repeat my uh, thoughts from that last episode. Uh, it's a fantastic court drama, political drama, uh, just about you know the guys fighting against the former fascist dictators of Argentina and it's just a good story you know like I'm, I'm a sucker for politics stuff and like courtroom drama stuff I really like it uh, just a nice story of seeing you know what like kind of happens to people who try to do the right thing and fight against uh, people that have done horrible horrible things you know the uh, I think his name in this movie was Julian or Julio one of those two let me look right here. Yeah, Jul- Julio. He uh he was fighting against these uh, former dictators, just trying to hold them accountable for their crimes, and he's getting death threats. His family's getting death threats. Uh, overall, the whole the whole cast did a great job. Uh, yeah, I really liked it, man. It was a definitely a surprise. Like I had no intention on even watching it, like at first. And then we decided to check it out once it won. Um, was it the Golden Globe for? Yeah, Golden Globe for best. Yeah, World. yeah. So I had to check it out, and I'm so so glad I did because I ended up loving it yeah it's
1: very high chance that it wins best foreign film at the Oscars.
0: yeah, man, it's up there.
1: Let's go oh, this is the other one I think it's gonna contend with for foreign film at the Oscars. My number nine is all quiet on the Western front. Uh, German movie. I have it at a nine point two out of ten. uh just really good score and shows the brutality of war. Uh, it's it's like uh that nationalism that you have. you're like excited to join you know yeah like, man they're probably like fresh out of high school they're like 18 year old kids and then when they get there they see the brutality of war and their bodies are dying and they're blowing up and
0: it's a heartbreaking it, progression yeah.
1: Yeah. and that's i watched that around the same time i was watching dark so i was like all in on german mm-hmm. so like yeah it was based on i think it was from like 1950s i think the no 1930s
0: it? man I, 30s uh, the, that book the book you're talking about right uh, the movie
1: there was an original Oh yes uh-huh. um I,
0: it was that was back in like the 30s 40s because i remember it being a big point of contention that like hitler banned that book and movie from like uh, being shown uh, because of how anti-war it is
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, it uh, it's interesting because you rarely get to see a german perspective of either world wars so
1: yeah that, that was a first and yeah then, uh, yeah it's still on netflix so if you haven't seen it yet, i highly recommend checking that out
0: absolutely all right number eight my number eight and i feel like this is going to seem low to people but, like, I still do love this movie. Uh, the Banshees of Anna Sharon. Okay. I I, I love The Banshees of Anna Sharon. I watched it twice. I feel like the first time I didn't get it fully, and the second time I, I knew what I was getting into, and I feel like that helped me a lot with the watching experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Farrell, that goes without saying, an absolute master class. Uh, he deserves to, you know, I think, I think I'd give it to Brendan Fraser, but if not, I would love to see Colin Farrell get it, because he definitely uh, killed it in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson also... Uh, great in this movie uh he he does a very good job of you know being c- kind of coming off as like cold and you know kind of mean to for lack of a better word uh carrie condon also crushed it in this movie and last but not least carrie keegan barry keegan That's i thought so good. yeah he he absolutely uh demolished it in his role and the scenes that he made it in and he definitely deserves to have a nomination for uh, best supporting actor. I thought he was amazing. Uh, the movie does a great job of blending like drama with, you know, like f- that that whole like falling out with a friend, mixing mm. that with comedy and dramatics and you know all that stuff. It's a great drama comedy blend, and I was a big fan of it. Uh, definitely caught me off guard when I first watched it. You know, with the fingers shit. Yeah. Cutting, yeah. I thought it was like a little bit goofy, but then I rewatched it and I ended up really liking it even more. So I have it rated a four. You know, I didn't, I, this is back before I was doing out of 10. I had it at a four to five, very highly rated. Uh, yeah, definitely deserves all the love it's getting. So we'll see if it uh, takes some best picture or not. It's just
1: an absolute wagon at the Oscars right now between acting performances. Yeah. All right. My number eight, we're kicking off three straight foreign films. Ooh, Decision to Leave, 9.2. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I watched these on Tuesday. I watched RRR uh, and Decision to Leave ba- uh, almost back-to-back. Back. Uh, I'm becoming a huge fan of South Korean movies between Parasite, uh, Train to Busan, uh, what is it, Memories of Murder. Uh, it's not a Bong, Bong Joon-ho movie, um, but it is like an incredible, like it's like a romantic drama thriller uh mystery type thing uh basically yeah. the uh, man falls off a mountain the detective falls in love with the wife who he suspects is the murderer and it just goes from there i uh, mean
0: yeah it's an interesting just, plot i meant to check so, it out i just didn't have time
1: it's just a, it's one of my favorite favorites of the year uh just the awesome year for international films in general
0: oh my god yeah dude i have i have three in my uh top 10 so yeah
1: i haven't started you
0: know well you have 40%, I have 30%. I mean, yeah. we're all must get to the point where half of our lists are foreign films. So yeah, it was a huge year. I actually think that's one of like the obviously RRR and Decision Leave for some odd reason aren't nominated at the Oscars, but mm-hmm. if you like just threw them in there, that's a tough, tough like pick of the litter right there. Yeah, for sure. All right, up next, my number seven, Top Gun Maverick. I was uh I, I had just honestly had gotten into Top Gun maybe two months ago. I saw the first movie and then I saw the second movie. My mom is a big fan of the first movie, so I checked it out finally after a while, and uh, then I checked out this one. And I think this one was better than the first one.
2: Mm-hmm. I like
0: there were more stakes. The cinematography in this is incredible. Tom Cruise is great. Mike, uh, sorry, what's his? By my blanket, Miles, Miles Teller. Teller, great. I don't. I was about to call him Michael Teller for some reason. Miles Teller was great. Uh, the score was great. Everything about this movie was good. Uh, it's just another, like, it's a, like, dude's rock movie, kind of. Like, yeah, it's it just, it just feels good. There's not, like, too much to say about this. There's no depth to it. I just loved it. It was so much fun. Good amount of heart, good amount of drama. Uh, it's, there's a reason why it's, like, one of the highest grossing movies of the year.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm piggybacking off you because I also had it at my number seven slot. Oh, there we go. Uh, also at a 9.2 out of 10. Uh, Tom Cruise, I wish you could get a best actor nom for this just because he's just yeah. like some kind of a legacy award for being the best action actor working or possibly of all time. He just doesn't stop. He does his own stunts.
0: Yeah, like just a nomination uh, would have been nice.
1: Yeah. Um It's really a hot dude movie. Like all these dudes are just fucking hot. Miles yeah. Teller, Glenn Powell, Tom Cruise at age 60. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could have done without a romantic storyline. I love um yes. Jennifer Garner. I love her to death, but uh, I kind of could care less about that part.
0: That was the one big negative in the movie is that I was so shoehorned in and like yeah. I just you just didn't you didn't care. Like for the I think that my biggest criticism of that movie is the ending of the movie, you know, uh, miles Teller and, uh, Tom Cruise are hugging, embracing after, you know, being like on the, having a rocky relationship throughout the movie. And they're finally embracing and having a moment. And then it cuts, to the true final scene, which is Tom Cruise linking up with his girl, whose name I cannot remember in the movie, yeah. uh, Jennifer Gardner. He links up with her, and you know they kiss, and that that ends the movie. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that they didn't end the movie the scene before with Miles yeah. Teller and Tom Cruise embracing, because like their relationship was the forefront yeah. of the movie, not this shoehorned in that like a relation that romantic romantic relationship that we didn't care about. Like they should have ended with that relationship, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And it was kind of, the movie in general was kind of a surprise to me, you know, coming back thirty years later after the first one. Yeah. Movie I mean, the original Top Gun, it's like a cool classic. Um But yeah. The Top Gun Mavericks, uh both of our number seven.
0: Yep. All right, here we also, go. Uh my number six, you already mentioned it, R R R. Okay. Um, one of my biggest surprises of the year. Um, I had The most amount of fun possible watching a movie while watching this movie. It is just a three hour epic of music and and like love and friendship and action and drama and sadness and happiness. Like it's every emotion packed in the one movie. Like it's such a heartfelt story about friendship and like, you know, rising up against, you know, evil, basically. And just along the way, you're just having so much fun. I thought everything was well done. I thought it was paced beautifully because it did not feel like three hours at all. Um, you loved I loved both the main characters in this movie. Uh, not Natu not Too is it was a fantastic scene and song. Good. Just like if you haven't watched this movie and you're like, you know, you are, you're not that big into Bollywood or Tollywood, like just watch it, man. Like I cannot stress enough. Like you will enjoy this movie. Yeah. yeah let's check th- it out. This movie, this year in general should like, if you are still one of those, I can't get past subtitles, people like it's time to grow up. Uh, right. international films are really like blowing everything out of the water at this point. Like you have to go past that. And like, cause you're just cheating yourself of so many good movies like this, mm-hmm. like, Dude, this movie opens up with a man like basically fighting a tiger. There is a man fighting a jaguar at some point in this movie. There's singing, there's dancing, there's the most ridiculous action you've ever seen in in a, in a movie ever, and it just it's so lovable. You gotta love it. Yeah, it's fire. It's so sick. my number six, uh, RRR.
1: RRR. I'm going with one of your honorable mentions, Avatar: The Way of Water. Yeah. I had it at, uh, rated a nine point three out of ten. It's just the most visually stunning movie of all time. I know it was yes. the first. It was the first review of our first pod, uh, so I won't harp on it too much. But James Cameron, he did the damn thing. It finally hit over two billion at the box office. Hashtag #AvatarWatch. Yeah. Uh, today, it actually overtook Infinity War for number five all time at the box office. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to see what James Cameron does with the rest of his franchise. All of a sudden. Yeah. Um, another one where, you know, the first movie came out 13 years prior, a uh, little skeptical, but it came in and it knocked it out of the park.
0: Yeah, it was on my list for a while, but then I watched more and more movies and Avatar. I still love it. It's still very highly rated. It's an honorable mention. I just bumped it out in favor of a couple others, but it's such an amazing, visually stunning movie. The mm. plot, the plot is, you know, like we said, it's mostly vibes, but it's still passable. It's just an all around good movie. It'll be interesting to see the follow ups. Yeah, yeah, I love it. All right, so we're within the top five now. Our top five. My top five film of 2022 is All Quiet on the Western Front. This movie was another huge surprise to me. Again, I'm just kind of tapping into the foreign market now. So I didn't know what to expect of this movie. I had never heard of the book or the um, old movie until after this. I looked into it. Um, So this movie caught me by surprise. And boy, did it catch me by surprise in a big, big way because this movie is – like horrible but like in the way that like it's supposed to be like it mm. hits fucking hard it is tragic it is depressing as hell dude there are two separate scenes in this movie that like shocked me to the point where like i had to pause the movie and like collect myself it was the scene in the in the trench with the other soldier where he killed him and he was listening to him die and trying to make him shut up and then he, yeah, that scene killed me. And the second scene was when uh, their friend put that fork in his throat. Oh, yeah. To kill himself. Yeah. Those two scenes literally like fucked me up bad. And that movie is an incredible piece of anti war. Um, incredible piece of anti-war propaganda mm. and just like showing like what the real horrors are and like you said earlier these guys were so excited to go fight for, for their country because all they've seen is this pro-war propaganda and they think mm-hmm. it's glamorous and it's gloryful, and it's they're going to wrong. yeah they're going to be heroes and you know within within, within 30, <laughs> 30 minutes so. of them being out there they get wrecked and they want to go home because it war is a terrible, horrible thing. And the reason why that scene in the trenches with other soldier hit me so hard was because you see him, you know, look into that guy's pocket and he sees the picture of his family and he, you know, starts apologizing. And like, you really realize like in these moments, like, yeah, your governments aren't getting along right now, but like you just killed a man who you have no real qualm with. And like it, it fucks with you. I would imagine I've never been to war, obviously, but this movie does a great job of portraying that.
1: Yeah, complete opposite of Top Gun Maverick, which is like being a a war hero. And then you you check out All Quiet. It is
0: very funny to have a very pro-war and a very anti-war movie within two spots of each other. And then, uh, like you said earlier, amazing cinematography, amazing score. The the one main piece of the score that played a lot throughout the movie. uh, Everyone, if you've seen the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. That was like very chilling and hard hitting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front, another smash hit
1: cracking my top 5. We reviewed it last week, Argentina 1985. I have it at a 9.4 out of 10. Love that. Prime video so check it out if you haven't already. Uh and like Vince said earlier, grow up if you're uh if you don't want to watch subtitles. You're missing out on a ton. You're just of-
0: cheating yourself out of good movies <laughs> at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like I said it's probably the favorite next to All Quiet for Best Foreign Film of the Year.
0: Uh what a what know. a battle we got going on in that. Nope category both,
1: both true stories um so you know you're getting a little history lesson in which i think our world needs a little more of considering we're dumb as fuck but um yeah it's a phenomenal movie uh it's in my top five we, we talked about it uh for you know 20 minutes last week so i will keep it pushing and move into our
0: top four yeah man absolutely so my number four you mentioned it on your honorable mentions uh nope Okay. i nope was nope actually it's funny enough nope was the first movie i logged on my letterbox when i first got it i reviewed it uh but listen i just loved it so much i'm a huge fan of jordan peele's movies uh this probably being my second favorite after get out uh yeah. us is pretty good but it definitely falls between uh, below these two um listen i just love everything about it i thought it was a perfect blend of you know like uh drama horror comedy here and there i thought uh What's why am I blanking uh, on the main actor's name? Yeah, Daniel Kluha? Yeah, Daniel Kluha, sorry. I, God, I can't believe I forgot his name. He was amazing, per usual, and I thought he did amazing in a very different type of role, like mm. a more you know, laid-back guy who doesn't speak very much. And then Kiki Palmer was the perfect yin to his yang, being outspoken and fun and funny, mm. being the source of a lot of the humor in this movie. Uh, the character Angel I th- also thought was a nice addition, and uh, Stephen Yeun, for his short appearances, was also very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole, the twist, obviously, you know, spoiler uh, for all these movies at this point, uh, the twist of, you know, Jean jacket, not being a craft, but an alien itself was very interesting and something I did not see coming like at all. Like it was a great twist and like the sound is great. The cinematography is great. Everything about this movie rocks. Uh, Jordan Peele is three for three with like three bangers under his belt. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this movie. I don't think Kiki Palmer got enough love, honestly. No, she didn't. I have her on my
1: top supporting actress list. She's she's one of my honorable honorable mentions, but I, it, the movie doesn't work without her. I think she was the star. I like, think the, the movie. Was
0: great, but, yeah. I dude. think the movie suffered from coming out too early, and it lost a lot of steam because to yeah. not even get like a, I thought it should have got a best picture nomination.
1: Yeah, I could have. I definitely could have seen that, uh, especially over, what did I say, Triangle of Sadness?
0: Yeah, or in Women Talking, which I, yeah. I, I, I hand I up, I haven't seen it. I'm just saying, like, based on reviews I've seen, it seems like pretty much everyone's higher on Nope than that.
1: Yeah, Woman Talking, I think, literally just came out uh, wide in theaters in January, so I think it was, like, all, it hit all the film festivals of 2022, which is why it was nominated.
0: Yeah. I gotta check it out still.
1: Yeah, I'll probably get, I'll get to it eventually, I'm sure. Right on. So my number four, Banshees of Anishirin. Uh yep. You got it a little lower, but this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, like I said, it's just an acting powerhouse. Uh,
0: yeah, man, everyone shows he, up.
1: Farrell's amazing. He's hilarious. Brendan Gleeson has that really dry humor. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, ve- he's being very serious the entire time, but when he first says, like, for every day you come to my house, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers, you're like, oh, that's pretty funny. Then the next day he yeah so he has the finger cut off.
0: I was absolutely um, shocked
1: yeah Barry Keegan was awesome in his supporting role as well uh they were both very deserving of their nominations uh and Kerry Condon was an absolute stud in this film yeah uh, not and then the donkey of course, rest in peace that donkey yeah Jenny um, yeah Jenny the donkey
0: I think my favorite line in any movie this year was uh don't tell me to kick my emotional support donkey out, like while I'm <laughs> sad or something, whatever he said, something like that.
1: And that Colin Farrell is Irish accent.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. The more
1: he's, uh, the more he's embraced his accent over the last few years, uh, he's, I think he's just become an even better actor. Yeah. I love him and everything. Now. I don't
0: think I mentioned it when I talked about it, but also just, it's beautifully shot, man. Uh, yeah. The location is so beautiful.
1: So cool. The Irish yeah. side or Island or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Banshees of Innishearin. I also had that at a 9.4 out of 10. That's my number four of the year.
0: Amazing. All right, we're into the top three now. Top my, three. So, my number four was an honorable mention of yours, and so is my number three. My number three movie of the year is Glass Onion oh, or shit. Knives Out a Glass Onion Story. So, listen, I, I don't know what it is. I know that not everyone loves this movie as much as the first one, but I am at the. I think they're even to me. Uh, the first one is more serious, it goes for a different tone. This one goes for a little more. Entertainment and comedy, and I thought it worked like so perfectly. Like I had such a fun time watching this, all of the acting performances were awesome. I thought that maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of names here so I don't forget them. Catherine Hahn and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. were definitely underused in this movie. I thought they should have been, yeah. they should have had bigger roles. But I mean, they, Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, like, just keep making these movies with different ensemble casts, and Daniel Craig and I will watch them every single time. This yeah. character this character is, is him. Like he played bond, but this is his best character. Um, Ed, Edward Norton as miles was also amazing. He did a great job of playing that Elon Musk type of, uh, billionaire douchebag that is yeah. like, you know, stealing ideas and all that. And I think that's actually a lot of the reason why so many people didn't like this movie as much because they thought it was too, like, I, I don't even want to say the word, but like, I don't know if like woke or like trying to be like that, like trying to make a comment on billionaires and that kind of stuff. I liked it. Cause I thought it was hilarious. Cause I fucking like hate it. Elon Musk, but sure. uh, uh, Dave Batista also great. Janelle Monet, amazing. Kate Crazy. Hudson, funny, hilarious. Like, sexy, uh, yeah, yes. Mad- Madeline <laughs> Klein, underused, but I thought she was great in the moments that they used her. So, uh, I loved Glass on You, man. I thought the twist was awesome. Uh, I don't yeah. know, I don't know, I didn't see it coming like at all. I don't know what you thought, but it completely got me off guard. Um, and Janelle Monet playing basically two different characters was completely uh, unexpected and also, like, amazing – an amazing acting performance on her part. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Glass Onion.
1: Yeah, Glass Onion didn't make my top ten. I think – I have it officially ranked as my number 16 at an 8.9. It's just below the original Knives Out. I think I had that at a 9.2, I think.
0: It's but, the beauty of art, baby.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just a fun movie. Like, sometimes you just need a fun movie not everything has to be these artsy ones that I'm picking, you know, Banshees of is an artsy movie, Decision to Leave is pretty artsy, like, Argentina is 85.
0: Glass Onion is a movie that I will throw on, like, Anytime I just want to watch a good movie, like, and I, I'm like, what should I watch? Like, I want something entertaining. Like, it's a good movie to show people. It's a movie mm-hmm. where you don't have to see the first one to watch this one. So, like, you know, if you don't, for whatever reason, I think you should watch the first one. But if you don't feel like it, like this one, you could watch it without watching that one. Yeah. High rewatchability factor, which I always love. So, yeah. My number three, Knives Out, a gla- Glass Onion and Knives Out story.
1: And my number three, you had it early. Uh, I went with the Fablemans. 9.5 out of 10. Such a good one. Uh, if it weren't for what I assume is both of our number ones, I think it would run away with Best Picture in uh, many other years, uh, especially last year with Coda. I love Coda. I'm a, cl- I'm a Coda truther, but uh, Fable would blow that out of the water if it was released last year. Um, Spielberg, he's up there for Best Director of the Year. A lot of people have been shitting on Michelle Williams. I honestly didn't have that much many problems with her. I think uh, she played the role she was supposed to. I think Spiel- that's fair. I feel like Spielberg probably wrote her that way. I don't, you know, that crazy kind of over the top. Yeah. She, she didn't take me completely out of the movie that I've seen some people uh, say.
0: Oh yeah, I criticize uh, the performance, but it definitely didn't take me out of the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Dana was incredible. Uh, Hirsch, awesome. Uh, Gabriel Labelle could be a rising star. I think he's like 20 years old, 21 yeah, years old. He was really like, good. Like that. And he killed it. Um, this is a, like, it's another, you know, true story. Uh, uh You know, I read up on Spielberg's uh, Wikipedia right after watching it and It's like one to one, like this is my life and I'm putting it on screen with a fictionalized name.
0: It would uh, be a, it would be a hell of a way to go out for Spielberg. If this really was the last movie, I thought the last shot also would be like a perfect, like last shot for his career.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, spielberg i'm trying to get it a spielberg kick after you know now that we're wrapped up our 2022s i want to go back and you know watch what made him such a legend because i yeah, haven't man. really done a full deep dive into his filmography
0: yeah i mean he's one of the greatest ever so you will definitely have a good time doing that yeah all right so our next two and i have a feeling that our next two are similar because i think
1: they could be just, the same
0: i i think they probably are so let's just break into it my number two is the batman
1: agreed i have the same
0: okay so the batman was just everything i could have ever wanted it to be um right here in my notes i wanted to mention this and not forget it i think my favorite scene in any movie of the whole year was the batman's opening monologue of bruce's diary it was you know,
1: so sick bro
0: while while uh it played over something in the way by nirvana mm-hmm. and you know that line of uh you know, they, they are scared because, you know, fear is a tool and they think I'm in the shadows, but I am the shadows. Uh, I mean, Robert Pattinson, man, people doubted him before this movie came. And I told those people, I said, Hey, people also doubted Heath Ledger playing the Joker and look how that turned out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I say this turned out pretty similar because Robert Pattinson absolutely put on a masterclass performance as He's Batman. Awesome, his Bruce Wayne gets criticized a little bit for being more of a like recluse and not like the animated series Batman or comic Batman where he does the billionaire persona. But I think that this movie was about him realizing that he needs to do that. And I think we're going to see that more next. Yeah. This was Batman very, very early into his career. He doesn't yet... Bruce doesn't understand yet that he needs to be more, which the whole movie is about him understanding that he needs to be more than just a symbol of uh, vengeance. He needs to be a symbol Mm -hmm. of hope and justice. And I feel like he's going to realize he could do a lot of that with his Bruce Wayne persona. So this movie just rocks. Paul Dano masterclass, uh, Jeffrey Wright masterclass. uh, Everyone does great.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, Paul Dano hit, I mean, shit, he had a hell of a year. And I would take this performance over his role in Fableman's. Yeah, I think Dano as the Riddler was. I mean, it's so like kind of like cliche in twenty twenty two. He's like th- this online chat room, yeah, domestic terrorist. But I think it was a really cool way to modernize what is like a ridiculous looking character with his green question mark cats and shit. Yeah, I mean, um, basically
0: turning him into the Zodiac killer.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, hey, I'm all about that. I'm, uh, Zodiac is also one of my favorite movies. so I know I'm, it's, it's got.
0: It's gotten meme to death, but the scene yeah. in the jail, the yeah, the jailhouse, yeah. where you know he says, you know, this is not how it was supposed to go, like that is an amazingly acted scene. Mm-hmm. You, if you, when you take it
1: out of context, it kind of looks ridiculous, but when you watch yeah. a full three hour movie with him in that role, like you you get it, and it's awesome.
0: the uh, The scenes where he you know talked over on the phone calls, I also thought was yes. great. Like Paul Dano absolutely nailed it.
1: Fuck, I'm gonna have to rewatch the Batman Snyder some- tomorrow.
0: There's some other performances. Zoe Kravitz was amazing. Very good. John, John Terturo as Carmine Falcone was awesome. Yes. Uh, Colin Farrell, another one of our guys that had a big year.
1: Unrecognizable. As the He's awesome.
0: Come on. Un- <laughs> underused but great was Andy Serkis as Alfred. I would like yes. to see more of him in the next movie. I agree. Um, yeah, dude. I mean. Every person in this movie gave a performance, and it was such a—it rivaled the Dark Knight just because it's you know mm-hmm. gritty, it's down the earth, it's real, and it, there's a reason why no one wants it in DCU because it just has that more real world feel, and uh, I think that worked beautifully for it. The score is amazing. Uh, mm. The action is awesome. The car chase with the penguin was fantastic. The Batmobile was so sexy, dude. Yeah, it was It was unreal. And listen, I honestly cannot wait to see where this goes because they're going to make more, I think you said, a trilogy. And mm. it'll be so interesting to see what other characters they bring into this world. And I hope, uh, listen, like, you know, going with Riddler for your movie and, you know, going away from the villains that have already been done, like in the Dark Knight series, like, you know, Joker, mm. uh, the Scarecrow, and Bane, like, Saying like all right we'll do riddler then i hope that they continue on that trend and we've already said before we both hope they bring in mr freeze because i think the setting at the end of the movie with you know gotham being partly underwater lends itself beautifully i
1: thought of it yeah
0: and uh you know you could there are so many actors out there that could nail a role like that and like we said before also because we haven't gotten a a good performance of mr freeze because all we have is arnold's goofy performance
1: (laughs) like
0: Put in, like, I, I've seen a lot of fan castings for Giancarlo Esposito or Michael Fassbender, and I think That's either cool. one of them would be amazing as Mr. Freeze.
1: they would be so good. Yeah, but yeah. Batman, it's its my number three comic book movie of all time behind Dark Knight and Logan. I have it at a 9.7, yeah, my number so two good. of the year. Pattinson rivals Bale. Bale's probably the best working actor, I'd say, in my opinion, and he could—had a comparable performance— I thought Reeves is getting like ridiculous and the movie in general are getting like slighted at all these awards cuz I Absolutely. It's a, phenomenal, it, it's a really well-made movie too. It's not just a superhero comic book film. Like the score is really good. It looks fantastic.
0: Uh yeah, like some of the, uh, sometimes it feels ridiculous respect, because respect comic book movies, it, it feels ridiculous sometimes. Cause it feels like they slight movies just because they're comic book movies. Like yeah. if literally you could replace Batman with like some kind of undercover detective in this movie. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you it probably would have got nominated for awards, but because it's Batman, it's like not taken seriously, which I think is absurd.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Just make it like make Batman, John wick and f- shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So listen, we both off. have it. We both have it as number two. It's an amazing movie. It, it deserves way more praise than it's getting at these award shows.
1: Yeah, go watch it on HBO Max.
0: And number one, we both agree. I knew it coming in. Both of yeah. our best picture winners for 2022 is Everything Everywhere All at Once.
1: It deserves every award it's getting.
0: It, it deserves every award it's getting. Plus, it deserves the clean up at the Oscars, man. It, yeah. Like. It is genuinely – it's one of those movies where you – like, it gets so much hype that you're like, oh, man, this has to be overrated. And it's
1: not. Yeah, it's the reason why I bought the the Showtime add-on to my Prime video just so I can watch it whenever the fuck I want.
0: It is genuinely one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. I love the message of – I love the message of, you know, basically like – if, if nothing matters, then everything matters. Like, just mm-hmm. like enjoy your life and, you know, don't take it for granted. Cause there's a million other worlds out there where you are happier or sadder, but you're in this world and just like try to do what you can with it. And I love that they told it in a unique and fun way. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: the message sounds basic, but like when you're telling that through a multiverse movie where you're going to friggin' universes where people have hot dogs for fingers, mm-hmm. like, it's just so it's so fun. The action is great. It, there's intense and heartfelt acting all over. The the cinematography is beautiful. The editing is beautiful. Like there's not a single thing in this movie that I don't think works.
1: Yeah. It's what do I I have it at a 9.8 out of 10. It's my number 23 movie of all time. Obviously number 1 of the year. Yeah. It, it rightfully has 11 nominations. Uh they deserve to sweep at the Oscars. Best picture. Uh, we'll get into it later, but obviously you both have it as our best picture of the year. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um But yeah, I mean it has so many like memeable moments too, like Rakakooney instead of Ratatouille it was hilarious.
0: That made me laugh out loud. Um uh,
1: what yeah, it's just it's just an awesome movie. It's I think it's my number one A twenty four movie. Uh, uh, yeah, it has the to highest be. Highest grossing movie. I think I saw they're actually running it back in theaters this weekend. I think I saw. That's sick. Um Actually, uh, Loki might go see it. Just I haven't. I didn't see it in theaters. I watched it on soap today. Um, but yeah, everything, everyone well, deserves everything. Michelle Yeoh, Kiwi Kwan. I think you know his speeches at everything. He's just become this like sweetheart that we all love.
0: Uh, it, it's impossible to not love him. Like he is genuinely, <laughs> yeah. like he seems like so heartfelt and genuine, and like just such a good guy.
1: Yeah, uh, like 30 years out of the business. I think well, his last movie was like The Goonies or Indiana Jones, like way back then. And then he comes back with this Oscar performance, and it's holy shit, dude.
0: Yeah, man. Shout out to the Daniels for like thinking of him for that role. Cause I think that, yeah. uh, I think in an interview, he said they had just like watched, um, Indiana Jones and they thought about like, hey, where's he been? Yeah. So what a story. And like, and, like thank God they did.
1: Yeah. They wrote that role for him, and that's insane.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. All right, man. So that's our top 10 of 2022. Do you want to go back over them and just read them off, rip them off in order from 10 to one?
1: Yeah, I'll rip mine off real quick. So uh, from 10 to one,
0: RRR, All
1: Quiet on the Western Front, Decision to Leave, Top Gun Maverick, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, Argentina 1985, Banshees of Inesherin, The Fablemans, The Batman, Everything
0: Everywhere All at Once. And from 10 to 1, I had The Fablemans, Argentina 1985, The Banshees of Inisherin, Top Gun Maverick, RRR, All Quiet on the Western Front, Nope, Glass Onion and Ives Out Story, The Batman, and Everything Everywhere All at Once takes home best picture for both of us. Cool. So that's the first award of the night, and I'm going to let you take the reins here uh, announcing the next awards. Um, I think I took uh, – for some of them, I have a couple honorable mentions. I think at mm-hmm. most two. Some of them I don't have any, so uh, yeah, we can just rip them off as we go.
1: Yeah, I have uh, honorable mentions for all mine. i made, like, full Oscar list for all mine. Uh, But we have 12 awards remaining after Best Picture. Uh, So we're going to kick it off with Best Supporting Actor. I'd imagine we might have the same.
0: Uh, Yeah, yes, absolutely. Do you want to give out any honorable mention first?
1: Yeah, so before uh, we give out the easy answer, uh, I had... brendan gleason and barry keegan from banshees um then i had two that i thought were underrated and haven't been mentioned uh christian bale and thor love and thunder made the movie yeah um that's that movie's almost one of my biggest disappointments i have it rated at like an 8.3 out of 10 because i still love it but i was really hoping to be in that ragnarok 9.5 territory yeah i didn't
0: i didn't love it man
1: um, you know, it's, a, uh, you know, maybe it was a Taika Waititi heat check, but Christian Bale absolutely dominated when he was on screen. And I think everyone criminally, would
0: agree, criminally underused. Yeah.
1: Everyone would agree that, uh, he deserved more screen time. Um, now I gave Eddie Redmayne a little shout out for his role in the good nurse. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but it's a Netflix it. movie. Uh, he plays this like serial killing nurse, um, him and Jessica Chastain star in it. Uh. But yeah, he's a great actor outside of his fantastic beast role as Newt's Commander. Um yeah. But yeah. If you haven't seen The Good Nurse, very solid movie.
0: Right on. I only had one uh one honorable mention. I tried to keep some of them short. I just had Barry Keegan. Yeah. I, I think that he's a guy that probably you know, I think we both know who's gonna win at the Oscars. But if uh, that guy wasn't nominated, I would think Barry Keegan had have a good chance. I know Brendan Gleason is more of a supporting actor in that movie, but like that movie that movie is great, and Barry Keegan is like a huge part of that. Like, he is a scene, scene stealer in that movie. Mm. He's had a great year, too. So, yeah, yeah. definitely uh,
1: a horny little teenager on the random Irish island. Uh, but then he hits you with one of the hardest lines of all 2022 with, There goes that dream to end the movie. Like, oh, yeah. Shit, man.
0: And someone, uh, you know, people compared it to the uh, the scene of the person that won. So, if you want to say that name,
1: yeah, Kiwi Kwan.
0: Yep, obviously, they compared uh, the Barry Keegan, there goes that dream, to uh, In Another Life.
1: Yeah, I'd love to do taxes and laundry with you.
0: Yeah, so, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Kiwi Kwan deserves every single award he's gotten. He deserves to clean up at the Oscars, you know, clean up across the board for these award shows and win the Oscar as well. His performance is incredibly heartfelt, and the moment we just talked about, the In Another Life moment, is one of the most heartfelt pieces or moments in a movie of the whole entire year. Like I genuinely love that moment. Like I will occasionally just rewatch that moment on YouTube, like just to see that scene again, because it's so beautiful and his performance is legitimately amazing. And it's so easy to root for a guy who's as like humble and down the earth and awesome as him. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that performance.
1: Yeah. Kiwi Kwan, I think is a runaway.
0: Yeah. I mean, Uh, he deserves it.
1: Uh, best supporting actress a uh, couple of my honorable mentions, I uh, previously mentioned Kiki Palmer. She's an underrated, hasn't gotten any love all year. Carrie Gondon for her role in Banshees, uh, Stephanie Shu and everything everywhere. Then, uh, Hong Chow in the whale. She had a great year between the yes. Whale and you, but I think she was better in the whale.
0: H- Hong Chow was amazing in the whale. Like I legitimately thought she was so great.
1: Mm-hmm. Was um, right but- at the, uh,
0: Fraser. My honorable mentions are uh, Stephanie Sue from Everything Everywhere All At Once. Again, I think she deserves more hype on this award than Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, she played two different characters, essentially, you know, like a, a relatable teenager, you know, arguing with her parents and then also like a multiversal lord, like, yeah. A very very dis- big distinction between her characters, and she killed it. And then my other honorable mention is one that hasn't gotten much love at all, and that's Janelle Monet in Glass Onion. Okay. I thought she was absolutely incredible, and she, as another one, played two separate characters. And I thought she nailed both of them and did it with like d- amazing drama, amazing comedy, once you realize the twist. Uh, she just wasn't getting enough credit, in my opinion, so I wanted to give her some love here.
1: I like it. I'm all about it.
0: But, number one, I think we might have the same one here, too.
1: Uh, Our, uh, she's been sweeping all year. Yeah.
0: Yep. Angela Bassett for a role as uh, Queen Ramonda
1: in Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, we're we're going chalk here, but there's a reason why it's chalk. I mean, she put on a great performance, uh, powerful, emotional, you know, uh, have I not given enough already is one of the best moments in movies this year. Uh, This is going to be a big one for Marvel, man. I think it's their first acting Oscar. I don't even, it might be their first nomination, let alone win.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's their first uh, acting nom. Yeah. I did see that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, she deserves it. She was a powerhouse in that movie.
1: Mm, Yeah. I mean, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, I think she's a runaway uh at this point yes yeah at this point she's odds-on favorite uh one of the biggest movies of the year yeah so i'm, I'm happy to see marvel finally get some love in award season absolutely uh, after the best supporting uh we got some best cinematography uh i really only had two on my list that really uh i considered my honorable honorable mention was uh everything everywhere uh yeah. I, I think that's more on the editing side with you know the quick cut scenes and everything they did. Yeah. Um rather than how it sp- specifically looked even though it had that A24 look. Um yeah, but that's my honorable mention everything everywhere. Uh
0: my honorable mention? I actually don't have one. I just have a winner.
1: You just have a winner? Hit me with yep. your one. Win-
0: I went with Claudio Miranda of Top Gun Maverick. Okay. I thought the cinematography in that movie was incredible. Uh just it was a strong year for cinematography, but for some reason that movie stood out to me as being my favorite of the year.
1: Okay. So I went with, uh, Greg Fraser. He was a cinematographer of the Batman. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. That's a good one.
1: Fraser did uh, Dune last year. And before that he did rogue one and zero dark 30. So I, he's a pretty heavily accomplished cinematographer already. Um, but it just captured that vibe of Gotham so well, I think it was a lot better than, um, the Christopher Nolan dark Knight cinematography where that was all like, it was rainy. It was foggy, but this showed like that real dark,
0: uh, real cool lighting. Uh, it made Gotham look like, uh, Gothic. Like it really did.
1: Yeah. I really fucked with everything he did with this film. So yeah, it's uh, a great movie. Uh,
0: after cinematography, we got the best score. Okay. Yeah. This is another one where I only have a winner. Okay, who you have? My winner was Michael Gia, Giacchino. I don't know how to say his name exactly. The, of the Batman. Michael Giacchino. Gotcha. Michael Giacchino. Uh, yeah, boy. I think that's... so that, The fact that I have this as a winner makes me even more angry that it wasn't even nominated at the Oscars. I thought the main Batman theme was amazing. And so good. Just the whole the whole score was great, man. I really cannot believe how it got snubbed. Like, to not even get a nomination is crazy to me. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, the Batman.
1: Now Look, G- 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 coming out, he directed one of my favorite comic things of the year with the the Werewolf by Night special. He directed sure. it. So um,
0: that was amazing.
1: Yeah. So I kind of had a tie for my best score, actually. So I had a best song with Natu Natu. So I want to give RRR a special little shout out. Yes. Just their their songs in general. But when it came to just score, I did give it to John Williams in the Fablemans. I mean that was yeah. He's John Williams. He's a legend. He's um, the goat. But to make a movie like that so good, you need that score to make it that heartfelt uh, yeah. something that you want to relate to, and he just finds a way with literally everything he makes. But yeah, John Williams, uh, for his score in The Fablements.
0: Yeah, I mean he's the goat. He's done most of the greatest soundtrack scores ever. You know, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park. Like, he's yeah. just incredibly credentialed. Uh, yeah, man, what a what a great one.
1: Yes. Yeah, so after those. We can get into some fun ones, some that aren't uh, Oscar picks, uh, actual Oscar categories. We got the, your biggest surprise of 2022. What surprised you the most?
0: My biggest surprise of the year. Uh, there were a couple I could have thought of. You know, RRR was up there. These are for, surprises. Yeah. So, uh, These are big Yeah, good surprises. We have biggest disappointments coming soon. Don't worry. Uh, my biggest surprise of the year was Puss in Boots, The Last Wish.
2: Okay.
0: Um, Listen, I, I heard that it was good, and I thought, you know, oh, it's just a Puss in Boots movie, like, whatever. Uh, but then I decided, like, you know what, I'll give it a watch. I have some time. I watched it, and oh, my God, it's maybe the probably the best animated movie I've seen since Spider-Verse. Uh, the action, incredible. It's a- very anime-like. The The animation style yeah. is awesome. Um, Just very, like, Spider-Verse-esque in that sense. And then, you know, you have a good uh supporting character in, I, I can't remember the dog's name, Pero. I don't know who plays him. But, like, that on, I, think. Play, I think you put it in your review on letterbox kind of like a donkey Shrek relationship type there, yeah. which it, it works well. It's a good one bounce off one, too, you know, and then you have Kitty uh, soft paws or whatever the hell her name is by. a. Oh, hi, yeah. So, yeah. So that was amazing. The message of the movie, you know, being like life is like, you know, you have one life and like enjoy it and that kind of stuff. Like I thought it played out in a cool way. And like, it's always funny when kids movies have such deep messages like that. Yeah. And then uh, the wolf or, you know, spoiler alert, he's deaf literally one of the scariest like dream work villains or even like any animated villains like i've seen in a while the whistle was intimidating That's you know good. like the scenes where puss was you know having like an anxiety attack and he's scared and he's running away from him like what a great uh villain man and then uh, even uh big jack horner i thought um, uh, listen great. i thought he was a little bit underwhelming as a villain but he brought he was funny him and the uh <laughs> the bug on his shoulder that was uh, trying to give him a good world perspective was very funny. So, yeah. yeah, my biggest surprise was Puss in Boots, man. I ex- I did not expect to like it as much as I did. I think I gave it a
1: 9.7. Yeah, I didn't watch the, the previous two Puss in Boots. The last, you know, I saw him in Shrek 2, obviously. Yeah, I
0: never saw the first Puss in Boots either.
1: Antonio Banderas, he has really good comedic timing in that voice role. Uh,
0: was your favorite fearless but, hero?
1: Incredible comedic timing, oh yeah. Yeah, I was all about Puss in Boots. I, I mean, I just watched it yesterday. Uh, but just it's so much I, fun; it's just a fun movie. Uh, but speaking of John Mulaney as Big Jack Horner, my biggest surprise was Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Okay, I don't know if you saw it. It's on Disney Plus. Um, it's Andy Sandberg and John Mulaney as the two little chipmunk, Chip and Dale.
0: I haven't seen it um, yet.
1: It has some really cool a- animation styles. Like it has, uh. One of them is like the old timey animation from the original cartoon. Then the other one has the new, uh, the new style animation. Uh, it's just like a fun, like detective comedy, where they try to uh, figure out what happened to one of one of these other animated characters. I mean, it's just like a. I I think I only had it like an eight point one I think on my rating or whatever. Yeah. But it's. But when you see Chip and Dale, you're like, a, it's gonna be a.
0: Yeah, you're not expecting anything.
1: Not going to be anything, but I had a lot of fun with it. I showed yes. it to my nephew. I think they enjoyed it. So That's all. That's
0: I we both had animated movies as our biggest surprise of yeah. the year.
1: Interesting. Uh, but Yeah. After a biggest surprise, what is your worst disappointment?
0: Okay. So I have three for this. Um, okay. I don't know if you want to run back and forth or just let me rip off all three. Cause I have like, you know, little mini rants about each one. So uh, my number three was Halloween ends. So not, I'm not going to act like I was incredibly, you know, like expecting a lot out of this movie. Cause I thought the last movie wasn't very good, but the disgrace that is Halloween ends is shocking. They made a movie that was supposed to be quote unquote, the end of the Lori slash Michael like saga. And they introduce a new character and he is the main character of the movie. You don't even get Michael Myers i say you get Michael Myers in like t- under 10 minutes of the whole film. You don't even get much Laurie Strode in the movie. It yeah. follows this character whose name I can't even remember because he's not very memorable. It, it just it, – it's genuinely one of the most shocking things I've ever seen. And then they marketed it as the epic final battle and all the trailers are them fighting. That fight in the trailer, spoiler alert, is the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, like, And that's the only that. I cannot stress this enough. Like it makes me want to laugh. That five minute scene is the only interaction Michael and Lori have the whole fucking movie. It doesn't make Michael Myers doesn't show up in this movie until almost an hour in it. Genuinely so shocking. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. I hope that they stay away from Halloween for a while. It's played out like, let's let it die for a while, dude. Bring bring fucking Jason Voorhees back and run him amok for a while.
1: If I'm being honest, I've never seen a Halloween movie. I just started getting into horror recently, but I haven't been into like, the old school. The,
0: as far as this timeline, as far as this timeline, the original Halloween movie, classic, one of my favorite movies ever. Halloween 2018, it was fine. It was good. Uh, Halloween Kills terrible. And then mm. Halloween Ends, also terrible. But you know what the difference? I have Halloween Kills rated slightly higher than Halloween Ends. You know why? It sucks. It's really bad. The dialogue, the acting, all of it suck in both movies, but at least Halloween Kills has Michael Myers in it. That's yeah. the whole reason you're watching the fucking movie, and Halloween Ends decided, you know what? I think the third installment of a trilogy that is supposed to be the send-off to our two main characters, that would be a good time to introduce a new protagonist. Interesting.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I okay. Some kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, do I don't know if you want to go next or you want me to rip off my other two.
1: Yeah, I'll just rip off come of my uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I do have a winner. I feel like we're it's gonna be on both of our lists. Uh, but a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, Morbius. I didn't have much hope for it. I I had a feeling it would stink, but I was, I was still hoping it would be good.
0: I can't lie. I never even saw it. Once I saw the hate and the memes, I was like, it's not even worth it.
1: I was hoping maybe Jared Leto could capture some of his former Academy Award winning. Uh, essence but he did not spoil. No, he's,
0: he's a weirdo now
1: Yeah. Uh, screw Sony I hate everything about you outside of your what Marvel takes over um,
0: outside of Spider-Verse
1: yeah outside of the Spider-Verse just screw off um, Fantastic Beasts I'm a Harry Potter stan I love Harry Potter but these movies are horrible
0: yeah I never the, got into them
1: the third one uh, no exception then my last honorable I did mention Thor Love and Thunder earlier I would—it's not a bad movie in my opinion, but I just had such high hopes for it. Uh, right. coming off of Ragnarok, then Amsterdam. What the hell was Amsterdam?
0: Yeah, I heard that was a mess.
1: All-star cast. Uh, I mean, with scumbag David O. Russell directing, nonetheless, <laughs> it's like they told everyone except Christian Bale. Like Christian Bale a- acted his ass off. It's the only thing that kept it in like the five range for me. But Margot Robbie—her probably her worst performance of all time. And John De- John David Washington, I'm not really sure if he can act yet. Um, I liked him in tenant, I liked him in ballers, but outside of that he has to prove it. To I liked
0: me. him in black clansmen.
1: He he was gonna black clansmen.
0: But yeah, I I agree. He's still in that like prove it era. Yeah. Yeah. Um my yeah. second honorable mention is the black phone. So the black phone I like I I, <laughs> I listen, I know that we have a disagreement on this one. It got very hyped up to me. My friends like outside of you told me this was a 9.7. It was a nine. It was great. I was, I People on social media talking about it's the next horror classic. Like this is the one. I thought this movie was so painfully mid. I I thought the acting was the only redeemable thing about the movie. I thought Ethan Hawke was great. And I thought both the child actors, the brother and the sister were both <laughs> great. But Lord. besides that, the plot was so incredibly basic. I thought like, I, I don't even know like what else to really say about it. I just thought it was so basic, so mid, like it wasn't it didn't blow me away at all. It, it just the acting was good and that was it. I thought there were so many unanswered questions. I don't know if this is based off a book or something, but like even if it is, like you got to explain shit in the movie. Like they introduced the fact that apparently the sister and the mother had like a, some kind of psychic power and then they just don't expand upon that.
1: Like uh, Yeah, I didn't forget it, that.
0: It doesn't make any sense. Like they just kind of throw that in there like, "Oh my they I, it kind of boggles my mind they don't even bother trying to explain it or wrap up that plot they just throw in that she has psychic powers and then that's it so i thought that was completely unnecessary for a story like this
1: yeah it was like based, her mom had it too or something right was yeah
0: yeah they talk of they mentioned like throughout the movie like the gift her mom had that she passed down i don't know i genuinely i don't I, I can't even expand upon it anymore because they don't bother to
1: i actually completely forgot that was a 2022 movie honestly and i think i had it like a low eights I'm completely new to the horror genre, so like bear with me but i i like i was a fan of the
2: black film. I think we got we got some technical difficulties on Vince's side.
0: All right. Sorry for the abrupt cut there. Uh, For some reason, there were some technical difficulties on my end, but we're back and we we were still talking uh, biggest disappointments of the year. So I mentioned the black phone and now we're going to talk about which uh, film is actually taking home this award for us tonight. So I'll let you go first.
1: I think we might have the same one. I'm going with Don't Worry, Darling. Yep. Yeah. Yes. 100 percent. Going into it, when I first heard the announcement, you know, Olivia Wilde, uh, fresh off of uh, Booksmart. It's one of my favorite movies from a couple of years ago, uh, starring Florence Pugh, one of one of the best actresses working. Harry Styles is he a good actor? We don't really know, but he's a big name. No, the answer is no. Um, Chris Pine, who you know, he's criminally underused yours. I I, th- I think he's still good in this movie, but he yeah underused. Florence Pugh was good in this movie.
0: Florence Pugh is, I, is like the one saving grace of this movie.
1: Yeah, I, another movie I think I landed. Uh, I think five point eight. I think it was might be a little generous, but
0: I was genuinely so excited for this movie. I was so hyped. It was one of my most anticipated of the year. And the the, this is one of those movies that it's it's almost insulting because it it seems like it thinks it's smarter than it is. And it's making this grand statement. The twist sucks. So many things in this movie go unexplained. Like, I'm not even going to be able to mention all of them. But, you know, like, for example, like the airplane. What are the earthquakes? What what, are these women? Where are their families? Are they looking for them? Where are they being hidden at? How does no one know where they are? There are so many questions this movie leaves you with. No answers. Eh, it genuinely doesn't make any sense. The whole movie does not make any fucking sense. Harry Styles can't act. Gosh. No, uh, Olivia Wilde is fine, I guess, in the movie, but like it's basically just Florence Pugh putting uh, the whole movie on her shoulders with an occasional help from Chris Pine. And it really pissed me off because we both said Chris Pine was underused. You could have made this movie a lot more interesting if you made Harry Styles more of a background actor in this movie and had the real conflict of the movie been uh, Florence Pugh versus Chris Pine for all of it. Like you see some of those scenes, like the dinner scene where there's tension between the two of them. That's probably the best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like that should have been the main conflict. That, that relationship should have been at the center of this movie. Her like scheming against him and figuring all this out. Not to even mention the end of the movie when uh, his wife stabs him and says, it's my turn now. What does that mean? Like, were you set, were they setting up for a sequel or something? I don't know. It, genuinely a mind-perplexing movie.
1: The way you talked about it just now, I was just thinking, what if they made, like, bring that concept and move it into a series? Like, make it some kind of, like, a
0: six-episode miniseries or something? This, this concept, as executed as it is, works out way better as a series. Yeah,
1: because it, it would kind of be like that early WandaVision. You know, it's that retro feel, uh, yeah. mystery... Uh, how the hell did we get
0: here? But it, it just did it, such a it did such a bad job of building tension too. Like I was not feeling tension like at any point except for the dinner scene, which was the only good scene in the movie. Harry Styles, someone needs to teach him that acting isn't just screaming. Like it doesn't mean your screaming does not make your performance good. Like yeah, you know, it, what I, it's
1: it just sounds like that one Dennis scene from Always Sunny. Ever since I saw that one clip, <laughs> side by side, That's the only thing I hear. Like it the,
0: literally, shit. Like, the accent is brutal, man. The the uh, movie was just so poorly executed. It was more interesting reading about the behind-the-scenes drama of this movie than watching the actual movie.
1: Yeah, the whole uh, Harry spitting on Chris Pine and whatever at the con or, yeah. or whatever film festival.
0: Genuinely more entertaining than the entirety of this movie.
1: It was a movie that I had, like, coming into the year, I was expecting like a 9+. Nine, nine plus. I thought it was going to be a banger. Um, I was
0: so excited for this.
1: Yeah, but uh it fucking sucked, so.
0: Yeah, it did, really fucking did. All right, I don't really, yeah, let's talk about happy stuff. Fuck fuck the sadness.
1: Yeah, so uh next on the docket, I did have best comic book film.
0: I have- this is this is easy for both of us. We
1: yeah, were both running away with the Batman, I would assume.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the best comic book movies like of all time. Yeah. So, yes, it is the be- easily easily the best comic book movie of 2022. Like, not even close.
1: You could basically name this episode of our podcast The Batman Plus Everything
0: Everywhere All at Once show. But, yeah, pretty much.
1: I mean, they were that fucking good.
0: Like, Black For- Panther Wakanda oh. Forever was good. I'll give it its props, but it's just, it wasn't The Batman.
1: Yeah, I did have Doctor Strange, Black Panther, as Honorable mentions. I did give a little shout-out to Werewolf by Night. I don't really know how to classify it. Is it TV? Is it a movie?
0: Yeah, I agree. But <laughs> all I know is they need to do more <laughs> then, of it. They yeah, need do more of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever this Marvel special presentation is, I need that with these smaller. I cars. think
0: that would be a good way to introduce a lot of characters. Like, not for nothing, listen, I like the show that I'm about to mention, but, like, I feel like you could have done a little hour special to, like, introduce, like, Moon Knight or, like, other, go. like, like yeah. you could, you sh- they should use this platform of hour-long, like, things, like, not a movie, not a TV show, to introduce more of their characters.
1: Especially that supernatural stuff. Like, and the way they made it up, that black and white feel, like, Young Frankenstein, uh, yeah, ins- inspiration.
0: It was the most like refreshing and new thing that Marvel's done in a while, so I really respected it.
1: It was really cool, and uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, I think, yeah, yeah. Just let him let him rock and roll, and let but him
0: do the thing. The Batman, it is inevitable.
1: It's so easy. It's just such an easy pick. Yeah. Um. Best foreign film. I think we might be able to mix it up a little bit here.
0: Yeah, I mean, for this one, I had my top three. Um so I guess we could go like from I'll go to 3 from 3 to 1. I so I didn't get to see do uh what's the name of the movie? Uh Decision to Leave. I didn't get to see that one yet. I do plan on watching it. So it could have ended up on here. It would have ended up on here, I'm sure. Um number 3 was Argentina in 1985. Number 2 was RRR and taking the award home for me was All Quiet on the Western Front. Like we said, we've been you know talking about how this year was a powerhouse for the foreign category, and man, it really could not be any more true. All three of those movies are on my top ten. They are all amazing. I love each and every one of them for multiple different reasons. But all Quiet on the Western Front just hit me on a level that no other war movie ever has. It's probably it's my second favorite war movie after uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, yeah. You know, 1917 is also up there. I still have to see Hacksaw Ridge. There are a couple I have to see, but All Quiet on the Western Front was an incredibly realistic look at war, and I loved it.
1: Yeah, another one on my list. Uh, as I said, I I'd four in my top ten, uh, and that climaxed with my number five, Argentina, nineteen eighty five. So I'm giving that my best foreign film as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it, you know, several times now. Uh. Yeah, I'll leave it short and sweet. Argentina, nineteen eighty five, was my favorite foreign film, but all all four of those were equally deserving. They're all very absolutely. Deserving. Uh, so now we got our personal favorite, most underrated, a guilty pleasure. However, you interpreted this, yeah, maybe wasn't your top ten or something that people aren't talking about.
0: Yeah, I, I took five for this. I decided to keep it at five just to be a little clean with it. But yeah, mm-hmm. these are five movies for me. The way I interpreted was just movies that you know it's a mix of didn't make my top ten for the year. Or just like aren't getting love at the award shows that I think they deserve. So I won't go off. I won't go off on long tangents about any of them. But I'll rip off the five real quick. Number five, I had After Sun. Um, you just watched it. It's incredibly heartfelt. Uh, it, it's one of those movies. It just feels real. It feels like you know a good like looking to an intimate look into someone's life. You almost feel like you shouldn't even be watching it because it's so personal. Um, it's it's truly beautiful. I could see why some people would say it was boring, but for me, I see the beauty in it, and I loved it. So, yeah, After Sun, five. Uh, for Prey. I feel like Prey didn't get the love it deserved nationally. Um, it, a large part of that might be Hulu not putting it in theaters, which I think they robbed it of a theater release. Um, it was an incredible thriller, an incredible you know at little action sequences in there. Great movie. Should get more respect. Uh, number three, I had Bullet Train bullet train was just pure fun. Uh, Brad Pitt did great. Aaron Taylor, jo- Taylor Johnson. And, uh, what's the other guy's name? Brian Tyler Henry or Brian Tyree Henry. Yes. There you go. He was amazed. They were all amazing. It was such a fun movie, like nothing, nothing revolutionary, just a nice fun action movie to turn your brain off. Watch it. It's you need those, you know, mm-hmm. uh, number two, I had barbarian. Uh, definitely getting hype, definitely got hyped up as one of the best horror movies of the year. And I couldn't agree more. Um, an amazing twist in the middle of the movie that genuinely left me like completely shocked in the movie theater. Um, yeah, just a good return to form for horror. I really liked it. And then number one, another horror movie, oh, I guess horror ish. I didn't really think it was horror, but bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, it was just so much fun. Uh, the ending twist, you know, we've both seen it, and spoiler alert if you haven't, the ending twist that Pete Davidson's character accidentally killed himself was of the year. It was such a funny reveal and so ridiculous, and just the movie is just pure fun. And it does a good job of building tension, suspense. I wouldn't say horror, but a good thriller. Yeah. And and it's very funny, good dark comedy. You know, I, I genuinely think one of the funniest scenes from the year was a. Uh, You said he was a vet. Yeah, veterinarian, not a veteran. (laughs) Like that was, that whole thing was so funny. And I think I want to give a shout out. The funniest letterbox review I've seen of the year was a review on this movie of someone saying that this movie is a cautionary tale of falling asleep first, sleepover. Yeah. Because that guy, uh, I forget his name, he got killed because he fell asleep first.
1: Yeah. Lee Pace.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those are my five After Sun, Prey, Bullet Train, Barbarian, and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies.
1: Okay, so I did have one matching with you. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I also had a list of five, so I'll go uh, five to one. Uh, number five: Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Just outrageous. Yes.
0: Still uh, need to say it.
1: Parody, satire. Daniel Radcliffe was so good; he was hilarious. Um, let's go with next Bullet Train. I also had Bullet Train on my list. It's just a fun, a fun little action movie. A good, a good popcorn movie, man. Yeah. just throw it up on your netflix and just have fun with it for you know an hour 40 minutes or whatever it was yeah short sweet and to the point yeah um the menu the menu was one of my favorite movies of the year yep i loved uh, it it got a lot of hype at the globes but not i don't think they got a single oscar nomination
0: yeah i don't think so
1: but ray fines is one of my favorite of that satirical uh humor he has got that really dry he
0: could have very easily gotten a best actor and um
1: he was on my. He's on my list. He had a top five for me of the year. Uh, then Anya Taylor Joy was incredible. Um,
0: Absolutely incredible.
1: That's my number three. Uh, number two, you had it in your top three. Uh, Glass Onion. Glass Onion is one of my personal favorite movies of the year. Uh, I think I said it was my number sixteen in total rank, but you know, another f- just fun movie. As this this list is just supposed to be fun movies for you. Yeah. Um. Not necessarily these masterful art pieces uh i was listening to lcb the other day and uh they had rudy on uh and rudy has this category called they're they're just good flicks yeah Yeah, it's not a a work of art like parasite or everything everywhere all at once Uh, there's just we nowadays we lose that flick uh yeah films like that seven to eight out of 10 movie where it's just fun to watch. Like
0: we said the other, I think we said on the last podcast, not everything needs to be, you know, like a Banshees of an a Sharon. Like you need the bullet trains of the world. You need the, the, the bodies, 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 you need the glass onions. Like just mad, fun, like, just fun movies that you just throw on. And it's like, you don't have to think too much about like what the underlying meanings are. It's just exactly. fun. It's in your face. It's enjoyable.
1: Just have some, just have fun with some movies. And that gives me, it leads me to my number one. I mean, it's a rom-com. It's cha-cha real smooth. It was one of my early uh, six-pack movies, I think, on our first episode. Streaming on Apple TV. Uh, Cooper Rafe, it's the second movie, uh, direct, directorial and starring. It's just a fun comedy. Like
0: I still got to check it out.
1: Some romance. and it's, it's a good movie.
0: Absolutely. It's my personal favorite underrated movie of the year. Yeah, I'm glad we did that segment. You know, show some love to some movies that aren't getting enough love.
1: There's some movies you don't hear about during award season. Just movies that you can... I think all of mine are streaming currently. And out of yours, Prey streaming, Bullet Train streaming, Barbarian is streaming. And then uh, if you have this Showtime add-on that I do on Prime, After Sun and Bodies, Bodies Bodies are both on there as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I... And for mine, The Menu, HBO, Bullet Train, Netflix, uh, Weird is a Roku original that I'm sure you can find. I mean, a million people have Roku, Glass Onion, Netflix, Cha Real Smooth, Apple TV Plus. Uh, so now we have our th- last three categories, uh, uh, awards. Uh, we did our Best Picture already, so after Best Picture, these are the three biggest awards yep. uh, to look forward to. Uh, so let's get into your Best Director.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, My runner up, I only had two here. I had a runner up and a winner. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to land on the same winner and maybe even the same runner up. Uh, My runner up was Steven Spielberg for Mm -hmm. the Fablemans. Uh, Listen, he could win it and I would not be mad at all. You know, it's Steven Spielberg. It could be, you know, a legacy ward, maybe. It's his last movie. I wouldn't be mad at all. His directing was amazing in this movie, obviously. Like, he's Steven fucking Spielberg. You could say your runner up first because I have a feeling we're going to say the same winner, maybe. Unless you
1: got. yeah, I wanted to give a shout. I wanted to give a shout out to James Cameron just for his yeah what he pulled off with the with Avatar, um, uh, Martin McDonough for Banshees, it's, yep. So many uh, big names you just pull together and make a phenomenal movie. Uh, I, we've talked about the Batman. I feel like all episode, um, but Matt Reeves he just brought a special um aspect to Gotham. His he finally
0: bed- he finally gave us a Batman detective story.
1: Yeah, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for how he's building his Reeve-verse or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then I would assume we both have the best director, um, the Daniels. Yep. Yeah, Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Shiner, uh, everything everywhere all at once.
0: What they did with this movie is just incredible. The fact that this movie yeah. was even thought of like, and made is honestly a testament to them. Yeah. Uh, they deserve everything they're getting, and I hope that they take this home.
1: Yeah, then you turn Michelle Yeoh, who's historically, like, the one of the greatest action kung fu actresses of all time. You throw her in this comedic, dramatic role, and she's getting Best Actress noms.
0: Yeah, dude, I mean, I can't stress it enough. They they did amazing, and, you know, like I said, Steven Spielberg could win it, and I wouldn't care, but in a perfect world, Daniel's taking this one home.
2: Yeah. All,
0: all right. right. Uh, then
1: Best Actor and Best Actress Awards, we're going to go... Best Actress first. Uh, Yeah, list off some of your honorable mentions if you had any. So,
0: listen, there are a lot out there that deserve uh, shout-outs, but they're they're already getting it. Like, you know, uh, Cate Blanchett in uh, Tar, obviously. But I decided to have one honorable mention, and it's an honorable mention of an actress that I think has gotten completely overlooked and completely snubbed. And it's because the genre of movie that she starred in is... a generally always uh, fucked over at the Oscars or any award. They're not taken seriously, and that's horror. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Mia Goth in Pearl. I did did as well. Um, I thought that she was legitimately amazing in Pearl. Uh, Her monologue, which is like a six-minute monologue at the end of the movie – was one of the best cases of acting I've seen of the entire year. And I honestly can't believe how horror kind of just gets disrespected and overlooked even when they have a performance like this. Like, a couple years ago, Hereditary, Tony Collette didn't even get nominated for her amazing performance in that movie. Yeah. Um, it, Listen, like you said, take comic books seriously. Like, take horror seriously too, man. When you have performances like Mia Goth gave in Pearl, like, at least give her a nomination, like, at one of these three major award shows. Like, it's kind of ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. I agree so I just wanted to give her a shout out because you know everyone else is getting their due diligence I feel like Mia Goth has not gotten any love and I wanted to be the one to do that and obviously you did too if you had her on your list She
1: started two movies this year
0: yeah uh, X also. Earl,
1: Earl and X. uh I also forgot to give uh, ty West T West little credit for uh the best director because they aren't the best movies of the year but when you can put out two very solid movies in the same year I think that's saying something about you
0: yeah, I mean it also like, you know, it's a nice it's a nice return to just like classic horror. Very X obviously feels very uh Texas chainsaw inspired and
1: Yeah, very uh, slashery.
0: Pearl's a little less horror and more of the a character study into a crazy person, but mm-hmm. it just works, man. And he did amazing, yes. And Mia Goth, we both think, you know, she deserved more than she's getting.
1: Yeah. And similar to Mia Goth, I also gave a little shout out to Anya Taylor Joy. Uh because yep. she starred in both the menu and the Northman this year, two movies in my top fifteen. Um, so yeah, another best actress, shout out to her, but who's your winner?
0: My winner was Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. So I watched Tatar last night and I feel like, I felt like I had to, I honestly, I'm going to be honest. I felt this way after watching it. Also, I didn't feel like it was going to be for me. It really wasn't the movie in general, but. Kate Blanchett was amazing as it was as advertised. She's been cleaning up at all the other award shows and yeah, I'd be lying to you if I told you she wasn't amazing. Um, but to, for me at least I just thought Michelle Yeoh was better. Uh, I just, I don't know her performance, you know, action, drama, comedy. She was funny. She was able to pull on the heartstrings and, you know, be a badass. Uh, it was just generally one of the, you know, maybe the best performance of the year, male or female, in my opinion, like it was right up there. And, yeah, I'm honestly, I'm listen. I'm honestly surprised. Cate Blanchett was amazing, but I'm just kind of shocked that it's the it's as a, a as much of a lock as it is apparently. Like Cate yeah. Blanchett's cleaned up. It looks like she's the overwhelming favorite to win at the Oscars. Not saying she doesn't deserve it, but I'm just surprised it's this much of a lock. Like Michelle Yeoh was that good.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I did go Cate Blanchett. I was I was in between her and uh, Michelle Yeoh. I think the difference maker was that Cate Blanchett made Tara. A watchful movie yeah it's true whereas, uh you know everything everywhere all at once is an amazing movie and you could probably have another high tier actress uh do it but i think K Blanchett. i think tar tar i had at 8.3 uh, uh let's see my number 31 on the year i think i had
0: yeah number,
1: I- number 32 on the year
0: I I gave it a little lower. I think I gave it like a seven and a half. It just, it wasn't for me. It was very well. It was very well made, very well acted. I can respect it. It just uh, didn't, didn't connect with me.
1: That's my exact review, but like, like I respect it, but it's okay. If some movies aren't made for you, but uh, Cate Blanchett really carried that movie for me and kept me into it. Yeah. Uh, Let's go. And our final award, best actor. I think we might have the same one, but I'm going to list off a couple of my honorable mentions. Uh, so, so similar to Cate Blanchett with Tar, I, I'm giving a shout out to Austin Butler for Elvis. Yep, he's on mine. Uh, Elvis was an even lower ranked movie for me. It was a uh, seven point six, my number forty-one yep. movie of the year. Six point two for me. Yeah, it's just yeah, movie in general was all over the place, but he he's still doing the Elvis impersonation. Yeah, he uh, won't stop. He, he can't stop. I, I think I just watched a TikTok and he was doing impersonations of other people, but in between, he's still talking like Elvis.
0: Yeah, he's um, no longer Austin Butler. He is Elvis now.
1: I think I think it was his Conan Conan interview or something. Um, you know, Austin Butler's one of my honorable mentions. Daniel Craig, just because, you know, Daniel Craig is awesome as uh, Benoit Blanc. Um, who else we got? Colin Farrell. Rolling banshees, obviously. Uh, We've been talking about him all night. We just got another.
2: Vince just had another technical difficulty.
0: All right, so yeah, Austin Butler was literally the only reason I did not turn Elvis off at like most points of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, he was literally the only thing keeping me in the movie. The rest of it was so weird and like not that great, but Austin he, Butler deserves credit.
1: Whole of is a mess. You have any yeah. honorable mentions real quick?
0: I had Austin Butler on there and then I think this is going to be most people's top 2, but I had Colin Farrell as my first yeah. runner up. And then we probably have the same winner here.
1: Baby yeah, Brendan Fraser.
0: Brendan Fraser yeah. as uh Charlie in the whale, mm-hmm. uh, such a f- it, similar to Kiwi Kwan, like just a feel good story for Brendan Fraser to come back the Renaissance and mm-hmm. possibly win this award. I, it, dude, Austin, people are saying Austin Butler is really making, uh, uh getting ahead of steam here and he could That's possibly, weird. take this home. listen, Austin Butler, we just talked about how great he is, but he just doesn't deserve it over Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser literally, he is the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. it's a, and it's a good movie and it's a great performance and I could just talk about it all day. It was heartwarming. Yeah. Uh, funny Thank at times. You yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So yeah. Brendan Fraser, hundred percent. And that's going to wrap up our
1: award show. awards. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we let you go, uh, did you get a chance to, uh, create your half of the six pack? Did you get any? So
0: I think I want to go with, uh, some shows actually for mine this Let's week. go.
1: just cause all I've been,
0: that. I've been watching some shows. And uh, this is going to count as two of mine. Uh, they're they're very similar, but Batman, the animated series mm-hmm. and Justice League, the animated series. Both of those shows are so good. They are perfect depictions of the characters they have in them. And they're just wildly entertaining. And like they're just amazing. If you've never watched them, like you, there's no reason to not check them out. They're on HBO Max. And they're entertaining as hell. Uh, Kevin Conroy is Batman, RIP, and Mark Hamill will always be the Joker. You know, I've been getting into reading mm-hmm. Batman comics, and I can't help but read it in their voices anytime I read. So yeah, those two. And then, uh, number three would just be Abbott elementary. Uh, it's just, it, it is so good. I am not breaking any news here by telling everybody it's a great comedy, but I just finished the second season and it's just, it's awesome, man. If you haven't watched it, like check it out. It's very similar to the office, like, you know, a, a kind of mockumentary style. Uh, mm. it's entertaining. It's funny. It's heartfelt. You'll like it. Uh, it's really one of those shows. Like, I don't think it's possible to dislike it.
1: Yeah. So uh, I've been going through my top 100, uh, follow me on Twitter, by the way, at M Johnston 880 for my full 100. I'm listing, uh, one movie every day. Uh, so part of my six pack, I went with my number 100 movie of all time, uh, warrior starring Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. So I hate HBO max. Uh, I think it's my number two s- sports film of all time. Uh, it's what really made me fall in love with UFC mixed martial arts fighting. Uh, so yeah, go see that, uh, Last of Us is all the rage right now. Uh, so I went with a video game movie, uh, Uncharted. I uh, have it at a 7.8 out of 10 on I still got to watch that. It's a, it's, like we said, it's just another one of those, turn your brain off, let's have some fun. Uh, not everything has to be an artsy, artsy film. Uh, we'll just watch a nice little action-adventure treasure hunt story uh, with our good boy Tom Holland and uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Uh, and rounding out my six-pack, uh, Troy... At a nine point four out of ten, uh, streaming on Netflix. It's uh, you know one of the greatest epics ever told, uh, the Battle of Troy, uh, Helen of Troy, uh, Achilles. Uh, Brad Pitt plays Achilles. Orlando Bloom plays Paris. Great. Um, yeah, I was I was out to dinner with my aunt the other night. She's an English teacher. Her store uh, her English class is doing uh, you know Greek myth and all that. So I wanted to give that a special shout out. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, just to toot my own horn. One more time on my top 100. I am on. Today was my day 97. So from 100 to 97, I got 100 Warrior, 99 The Hurt Locker, 98 The Wolf of Wall Street, and I went with a double Leo back to back. Number 97 was Catch Me If You Can today. So stay tuned. Yeah. on I'm actually. Prob- that. I might.
0: I might actually watch that after this podcast. I've been meaning to watch that for so many years.
1: Catch Me If You Can. Mhm. Yeah, Spielberg banger.
0: Yeah. So, uh, that's it, man. That is the fourth episode of from the box office. That is our, uh, the award show, mm-hmm. our best picture, you know, uh, it was extremely fun putting all this together within the last couple of weeks and racking my brain thinking of my top 10 and just all of who I'm going to give my awards to. So it's nice to, you know, feel like the people we wanted to finally get love, got love. And we'll see if that yeah. happens to Oscars too.
1: Yeah. We'll see. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, early March, I believe.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, go follow our Twitter at box office underscore pod at some mm-hmm. point during the week. We'll uh, give you guys a little tease of what the next episode is going to be like. We'll see, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we'll review something. We'll definitely review the last of us talk about, you know, as usual, what we've been watching over the last yep. week and all that good stuff. So yeah, just stay tuned with the Twitter. Go ahead and follow Mike, you know, follow me. We're both linked on our own on the Twitter of the box office. So yeah, just check us out there and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah.
1: So, now, it's uh, time to, not, now we got to start getting into some 2023 movies.
0: Yeah, it's time, man. So uh, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you, and we will see you next week. Love you all.